live your life, go after the things you want, and hopefully that will include some spiritual practice which will ripen you to become the love that lives within you. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. So, um. My favorite thing, besides being with Maharaji in the temple, was when uh, it was Durga Puja time. Because uh, all day long there'd be puja going on. There was a big fire ceremony that went on all day. And everybody was making offerings, swaha, into the fire. And and we would sit there for hours and and be able to really uh, absorb what was going on. It was incredible, just incredible. And um, I really learned about chanting from uh, during this period, especially the, the first, not the very first year, but the next year, the spring, the fall of 1971. We were living up in, the, in Nanital at the Evelyn Hotel at the time, and we would come to, to spend all day in the temple. And um, during this period, all the women devotees of Maharaja many of them who weren't free to come and spend time with him at other times of the year, they would all come to the temple and, uh, and they would gather together. They would, all day long they were doing puja and doing seva and you know, cooking, doing all kinds of things and hanging out with him. And then at night they would gather in this room and they would sing. And let me tell you, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. And you know, wow. It was, and I used to uh, sit outside, they had a, there was a wall between the front and the back of the temple. And in that wall, there was a window. And that window was into the room where the, the moths used to sing. So I would sit outside that window all night long, and they would just be wailing. I mean, it was rock and roll. They were playing that drum, doom, 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 on. I mean, for hours and hours. It was unbelievable. And 
they they realized I was sitting out there, so they cracked the window a little bit so I could hear better. How great is that? <sighs> I really that was an initiation because that's I really got a feel for what it means to really chant and to just be able to give yourself completely to it and. They'd be singing and singing, and all of a sudden you hear like a, ah, you know, one of the ladies would go into samadhi. They'd be dancing in the room and everything. And one of the ladies would like, just go out, and she'd fall over, you know, and they'd catch her, and it was wild. It was wild. Yeah. I remember some of those budgets, and now... I don't think anybody sings them anymore. You know, the modern world has crept up into the mountains. But there's probably places, I'm sure there's villages and places where people really get together and do it. But in those days, that was what they've been doing for a thousand years. There was no TV, no movies, no phones, no television, nothing. This is what they did. They did this traditional pujas and prayers and bhajans. It was extraordinary. Uh, simple people, but just their hearts were just lit up, brilliantly lit up. It was incredible. So this is one of those chants that uh, they, they did there in the room. And Siddhima used to love when we sang this. Jayajakadambe. Uh, no, let me see now. Um, How's it go? Jaya Jagadambe, Jaya Jagadambe Sita Rade, Kali Durge Namo Nama. Jaya Jagadambe, Sita Rade, Kali Durge Namo Nama. Then, uh, the next part goes. It's a different budget, but they used to sing it out. Kala Binashini. Kala Binashini. She who destroys time. She destroys time. If there's no time, there's only present moment. There's no suffering. There's no past, no future. It's just right in the moment. Kala Binashini, Kali Jaya Jaya. Durgati Nashini, she who destroys all suffering. Durga Jaya Jaya. I think the words are somewhere. Uh, I think the words are somewhere. So if you have them, you can please sing with me. I'm trying to turn this chat off. I'll see how to do that, so.
Amen. 
There's so many images of 
memories coming back while I was singing that. Being in the temple, living there. That time in my life, I was never, the idea of coming back to America never arose. I was going to be in India for the rest of my life. I was so happy at that point. That was around the time that Maharaji made me the pujari of the Durga temple. During that Navratri period. It was, it was like living in heaven for me. So let's do something else, let's see. Do another puja. These are some verses from the Agala Stotra, which is one of the prayers done before the major part of the puja. Jayanti Mangala Kali, Bhadra Kali Kapalini, Durga. Shama Shivadatri Swaha Swadha Namostute Jayatwam Devi Chamunde Jayabhutarthi Harini Jayasarvagate Devi Kalaratri Madhukaitab vidravi datri varde namaha rupam dehi jayam dehi yasho dehi prisho jehi rupam dehi jayam dehi Shodehi, 
Shodehi Shodehi Shumbasia Shumbasia Umrakshasya Chamardini Upande Chayande Shodehi Shodehi, 
sure to show me I want to feel what love is No, you can show me Be Here Now, the book that lit up a whole generation of people around the world. Ram Dass's book, Be Here Now. And uh, I was there when Ram Dass brought the book from Maharaji to see. And uh, so Maharaji looked at it and um, he had it taken in the back. And the next day, he had had it, somebody had written, read it to him, obviously. And he comes out and says, Ramdas, there's lies in this book. So Ramdas said, What lies? And they would have, he was told what the lies were. It was some inaccurate stories about one of the people in the book, one of the people that Ramdas knew on his first trip to India. So Ramdas said, Well, you know, the first, the, I just spoke to my friend in New Mexico who had just dropped off the files to be printed. So the first printing has been done already. And uh, so on the next printing, we'll change it. Maharaji says, no, Ramdas, you have to change it now. Ramdas told Maharaji, he said, Ram, it's going to cost a lot of money to change it now. Ramdas, truth is more important than money. So, Ramdas, okay. So he went up, went back to Nanital, to the town, and he booked a call to America. And he caught his friend at home in the middle of the night. And his friend said, I had dropped off the files this morning. And then I drove back home, which was like a six-hour drive from Albuquerque to up to Taos, New Mexico. Uh, and they were supposed to go ahead and print. 
But when I got home, I got a call from the printer who said that the front plate of the book, which was a picture of Maharaji, is a plate that they use for printing. The front plate had fallen and broken. So they had to stop the presses and nothing was printed. He likes to play. He loves to play. Chanting seems to be about the only practice I've been able to keep up on a daily on a daily practice. Besides recently also getting into little Gopala Leelas and such. I have no idea what you're talking about. But do prayers override karma? I don't know. On one level, you could say it's your karma to be able to do the prayers that change your life, that connect you to a deeper place in yourself, which possibly, I don't know about karma. Maharaji said that chanting the Hanuman Chalisa could change fate. I assume he used the word karmas, could change karmas. So we have that information. But what does that mean? I don't know. This stuff is way, this is really, only beings who are enlightened can understand what these things are about. Uh, I would not worry about changing your karma because you don't know what your karma is. It might be all good and happy and blissful and joyful. So do your practices and allow your practices to change your heart and open your heart and gradually change your life as they change us from within. What is the reason for call and response chanting instead of just singing all together? I need a job. If we all sing it together, then nobody will ask me to sing, and I'll just be home here doing nothing. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, because probably that's one of the ways the practice developed in India. Um, and it leads to a lot of variation and changing in the, in, in the, in the song, which helps us pay attention and keeps us locked in. Because if you're not sure what the person's gonna sing the next time, you really have to listen. So it probably started something like that. Um, I believe it was, I, I, I really don't know exactly why. I mean, I don't know how it started, but I think the reason is that uh, the leader uh, taking us on a little journey together based on his experience with chanting. So, uh, personally, I loved responding. I, I liked, and first of all, if you were singing all the time, that's one thing. But when you're listening to the leader, that's a different type of awareness than when you're singing. When you're singing, 
You're using your breath and your voice, your body, and you're hearing yourself sing, all that. So that's kind of also physical. But when, when the leader is singing, you're hearing it inside. So it may pull you into a deeper place ultimately. I don't know. Just thinking, just talking off the top of my head. Someone writes, I lost my mentor, Guru, this week in a freak accident. I am so lost, I'm so hurt. Where do we go when we lose those who have taught us so much? I wasn't ready for this. Alone, I'm alone. Well, you have to go through what you have to go through emotionally. Uh, I also had to go through a terrible many years of suffering because I felt I had lost Maharaja. And yes, his body had disappeared, left the stage. It took me many years to come to terms with that and allow myself to feel okay as I am. The, the Guru is not a physical being. The Guru lives inside of us as our own self. You might meet a teacher out there, but you're never away from yourself. And all these, these painful emotions will pass. And right now they're covering up the presence of that being in your heart. And I speak from experience. I'm not just... And uh, you have to allow yourself to grieve and, and, and feel lost and alone and all that. But those feelings will pass, as everything does. And you will then begin to feel that person within you. And the love is the connection that's always there. So, and the teachings never die. Sometimes the teacher disappears. Everybody's going to disappear sooner or later. So, take the teachings to heart and hold that being in your heart. The love is the connection. And the love never dies. That's the bottom line. Some of your time spent with Maharaja was like living in heaven. What can the rest of us do to get that feeling without encountering, encountering a saint in their body? You know, when I was living in the temple with Maharaji, I had these many wonderful feelings. It wasn't like heaven all the time, but I had many wonderful feelings. And he was there physically. So really, I was using him 
I was attached to his physical body. And I was using him to override all the stuff inside of me. All my psychological issues, all my emotional trauma. And I was focusing only on that. And in a way that allowed me to override temporarily all this stuff inside of me. So, after two and a half years, he looked at me and says, okay, time for you to go back to New York, to America. He said, you have attachment there, you have to go. And the truth is, I was, I was, there was so much energy in my body, but it wasn't passing through. I was like this. Because of all my stuff, it could not pass through. It was just blocked. And the only way to unblock it was to come back and grow up and grow into uh, a more open person and work on my, on my issues, my problems, my stuff. Everything you need is, everything we need is within us. My story is my story. Your story is your story. You'll find what you need in your story. It can't be my story. And it can't be anybody else's story. But you have to look for it. And when you look for it, you will find it. It's not that you have to look for a person. The guru is not a person. You are always here. You are never away from yourself. But we don't love ourselves. We don't know what's in us. We are attached and identified with our thoughts and emotions and our negative stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. And there's nowhere you can go to get away from that. I got a brief respite in India with Maharaji, somewhat. It wasn't always, half the time it was hell and half the time it was heaven. <clears throat> and that's what I needed. You will get what you need. There's no doubt about that. But what you need is different than for what I need on some level. So there's no sense worrying about, you know, how this is going to happen, how that's not going to happen. Live your life. Go after the things you want. And hopefully that will include some spiritual practice which will ripen you to become the love that lives within you and the beauty and the joy and the goodness that is who you are. And it will happen in your way. It can't happen any other way. <clears throat> Do I have any favorite photos of Maharaji? Almost every picture of him is my favorite because every picture of him shows like a different aspect. He could be like very deep inside and not really and then other things he could be laughing and joking or he could be sweet and loving or 
It could be seemingly far away and deep, you know. So every picture of him tells a story. <clears throat> Talk about Kundalini awakening. This is another thing I don't know anything about. I'm a one-trick pony. I chant, pretty much. A one-and-a-half-trick pony. I chant and we're talking a little bit. Chanting is what I know. Now, we asked Maharaji, how do you raise Kundalini? He said, feed people. I, I can't say I understand what he's doing. We said, how do you find God? He said, serve everyone, serve people. And I said, what about Kundalini? How do you raise Kundalini? He said, oh, feed people. Love everyone, serve everyone, remember God. What you read about Kundalini awakening is only one, one uh, part of the story. And it doesn't happen to everyone that way, that there's a shot of energy up your spine and you bounce around and stuff like that. But Maharaji said about the Westerners there at that time, he said, these people can get everything from devotion. They don't need yoga or anything like that. So when the heart is open, the kundalini is being awakened. It is starting to flow. So chanting, all these things can awaken kundalini. It, kundalini is not just that raw energy that you might imagine goes up, gets pushed in the spine into the central channel and then shoots out to the top of the head. Those are experiences that yogis have. Those certain types of yogis. Other yogis don't have those experiences. The kundalini arises and rises in different ways. It may be not so uh, obvious. So. Any more questions? Ask him if he's vegan. <laughs> Is that me? Are you asking if I'm vegan? I am now vegan. After making fun of vegans for many years, I became unable to digest milk products. So I have stopped all dairy products. I am now officially a vegan. Uh, it's from, in my case, it's not a philosophical choice. In India, they drink milk, <clears throat> cow's milk, buffalo's milk, goat milk. Maharaj used to drink milk. So I can't imagine that it would be that bad for me. But anyway, in my family, all the men on my father's side of the family, none of them drank milk ever. They hated milk. They couldn't drink it. I was the only one. But about 50, after 50 years, all of a sudden one day I realized, wait a minute. This is terrible. I'm not being able to digest. So I became vegan. <clears throat> Do I see Maharaji in dreams? Very rarely. I mean, I don't remember my dreams that much. 
but I, you know, I see him uh, very rarely. But I do once in a while see him in dreams. Somebody's asking, what's what's the best mantra to start off with as a beginner? The one you want to start off with, the one that speaks to you, the one that feels right for you. It's your life, your practice. It's a, it's your part of your practice is to find what works for you. Nobody, nobody here gives mantra initiation like that. I don't. I couldn't do that because I was never given that formal initiation. Maharaji said, "All the names are, are the names of that one that we are all a part of. That, that is our true nature. So, any mantra that works for you, that feels comfortable for you to work with, is good. There's no reason. One is not better than another. There are some groups of sects of teachings, lineages that say this is the mantra to do." This is the mantra to do. And if you're in that lineage and if you've been initiated in that lineage and you've, you believe in that lineage, then you do what they say. Maharaji never did that with us, so I have nothing to say about it. All the mantras are the same for me. They all move me into the deepest place in my own heart. Did Maharaji talk about what happens after death? I don't think so. He really didn't... uh, You'd be surprised to know that. He was like a member of every family. When people would come, he would talk to them about their families, what was going on, the problems in their family, what kind of work, how was work going, was anybody sick, how was this? He was just like your grandfather in your family. And an atmosphere was created of such sweetness and love that the hearts opened and blossomed. He didn't talk a lot about philosophy and stuff like that. One time, uh, one of my guru brothers and I was sitting with Maharaji, and he had a book called the Ashtavakra Gita, which is a book about non-dual philosophy, in a sense. You could say the non-dual path. Very high, powerful, high practice, very difficult all one, there's nothing ever, you know. It's very intense stuff. So, Maharaji saw the book, he said to the guy, what, what book is that? And he said, it's the Ashtabhagra. What does it say in that book? So, my guru by Balaram said, it says, all one, which is what Maharaji used to say to us all the time. He said, sub ek, all one. So, Balaram said, all one. Maharaji went, And he looked over at the Indian people and he goes, these boys know everything. (laughs) So, um, 
When my former girlfriend died, while I was in India, she was in America. We had not been together for some years already when I left. But I heard that she died. And I, the, in my book, Chance of a Lifetime, there's the whole story of what that put me through, what I went through. But one thing that happened was when I went to Maharaji and asked for blessings for her, he bopped me on the head and he said, don't worry, she won't bother you anymore. She had been, she came to me like in visions, not just dreams, but at night, really powerful. And it was very intense. And uh, so I, and I heard she had died, so I, I went to see him and I told the whole story and he said, don't worry, she won't bother you anymore. I said, but Baba, what about her? Will she have a good birth? And I wasn't fishing for information. I was really sincere and worried about her. And he said, yes, she'll have a good birth. And as far as I know, that's the only time I ever heard him talk about rebirth, reincarnation. That was the only time I ever heard him really speak to the reality of that. Mostly he didn't talk about those things. And he wanted just people to live the best lives they could. And he blessed people so that they could fulfill their desires and live good, full lives. And when they were ready to leave the body, they would be they would have lived through what they had to live through. They would accomplish what they had to accomplish in the life. And that line in the Hanuman Chalisa, uh, I can't remember it as, what it is right now, but the one that says, not the Hanuman Chalisa, it's in the Binaya Chalisa, the, uh, which is a, a Chalisa to Maharaji that was written by someone. It says, uh, you give us everything so that we can live full lives and, and attain real peace at the moment of death. So the idea is that you will have accomplished everything you've had to accomplish and then when you're moving out of this life, you can move out in a, in a deep, peaceful way. We'll see. What's the longest time that I've gone without singing? I assume you mean without chanting. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember what the 80s were like, you know. I was uh, doing too many bad things. I don't think I chanted a lot at that time. Oh, I like this one. Am I always in a blissful state? Oh, yes, I'm always in a blissful state, except when I'm really fucking angry about something or pissed off about something not working or the computer screwed up or the car's busted or the television show didn't work or the, th the basketball game wasn't taped and I can't re record it and I can't watch it now. Otherwise, I'm blissful. <laughs> well, thank you for thinking that, but boy. Hey, I just work here, just like the rest of us. We sing, we live our lives, and do the best we can. <laughs> How do we find a balance between trying to make changes in our human society? 
but also wanting to go inward and knowing this is only temporary. I don't know what you mean by what, what is only temporary. You mean being a human being? Society is only temporary? Anyway, the point is that um, it's very difficult to make changes on a worldwide basis, on an international or even a fully national or cha real changes in a culture. Not that they're not needed, but it's very difficult because you're dealing with a lot of people with their own issues and some of them have lots of anger and anger creates more anger. And it, one reaction, you get an opposite reaction. So it's very hard to accomplish real change. So if we want to accomplish real change... One has to take the anger out of one's own heart. It's very hard. Now, now, that is not to say that you don't do whatever you can do and whatever you feel you need to do in the culture to make changes that are in the best interests of people, to help people and to uh, rebalance the things that have been completely out of whack for all these years, for so many years. You do what you can do. But at the same time, one must remember what Krishna says in the Gita, that you do what you do, but the results of your actions are not up to you. All we can do is do the best we can. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We can't the results of our actions are not up to us. The results of our actions and our aspirations depend on so many different things. But that doesn't mean that we don't act. It doesn't mean that we don't aspire to real change that will help people. But at the same time, one has to live with reality, which is that it's very difficult to make changes. And you, should, you, you don't want to let the lack of change destroy you. What good is that? If you're crushed by the suffering in the world, then you can't help anybody. But, but that doesn't mean you, you close yourself off because that's no answer to anything. And that, that's not even good for you. To open to the suffering and yet be present with the suffering and do what you can to alleviate the suffering, but not be, to not have your life hanging on the results. It's very difficult. Life is hard. It's, there's a lot of difficult stuff every day. And this is a really big thing, finding that balance that you be active in the world in a good way and not to let it destroy you. So, very difficult. But good work to find that balance is, is extraordinary. And there are, there are beings who have done that. You know that joke about the 
Dalai Lama, I think it is, goes to a baseball game and goes to buy something from a vendor. And uh, I can't even remember the joke now. But the, the punchline is real change comes from within. Anyhow, okay. Okay, one more question here. <clears throat> Maharaji told me to, to go to, told you to go to New York to fulfill your desire. Not exactly, he didn't say that. Not to eradicate your desire or drop it or be ashamed of it. Can you speak more about it? He didn't say that. He said, you have attachment there. You have to go back. He didn't say anything about whether it, I should do this or I shouldn't do that. He was sending me back into my life. And I was going to find out what was going to happen. He didn't give me those kind of instructions. Don't do this, do this. He just said, go. Go back. You have attachment there. You have to go. And that's the kind of teacher. That's the kind of... that He didn't tell us what to do that often. He... He, he uh, brought us there. He opened us up and showed us something and then sent us back into our lives to, to work with it and to see what happens and to, to be present. And because it was only my own attachments that were keeping me stuck in my head and my emotions and all that while I was in India. And there was no way to, well, whether there was or there wasn't, for me, I had to come back to America. And I had to deal with all my stuff. But uh, he never said anything about fulfilling desire or not eradicating desire or, or eradicating desire or dropping it or being shaken. All he said was, go back. You have attachment. The rest of the story unfolded and it is unfolding still. And here we are. So far, this is what it's led to, him sending me back. We are here in a pandemic. I'm sitting here and you're sitting there and we're singing together. So that's not that bad. Could be worse. A lot worse.
I don't remember how to sing this. <laughs> I wanted to sing Saraswati. See if we can do it. Saraswati Saraswate Saraswate It's not the words. What are the words? Somebody send me a, a, a chat or a message what the words are. When Boris and I sang this in, in Russia together, he sang one set of words and I sang another one. <laughs> at the same time. So what is it now? Om Aims Aims Namaha Om, isn't that it? Yes, right? Okay, so I just gotta make it fit with the chords. Try. Just sing along. You know it probably better than me. Saraswati 
Saraswatai Saraswatai Namah 
de soi
if we know anything about a path at all. If we know there might be a way to live in this world in a good way. With an open heart and without fear. It's only because of the great beings that have gone before us on this path. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So, in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us, be safe, be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace that ease of heart, that ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. night tonight. I couldn't remember who I am tonight, which may be a good thing. <laughs> I just was catapulted back 50 years into the temple. I just, so much love, many Ram Rams, and see you soon. Namaste. Mm-hmm.